0: You're visiting with us. We're very happy to have you this morning. We're glad that you're here and we want to invite you to come back and be with us every opportunity that you have. If you're uh, watching online, we're glad that you're worshiping with us and uh, we appreciate you doing that very, very much. High on a hilltop overlooking the beautiful city of Venus, Italy, there lived an old man who was a genius. Legend had it that he could answer any question that anyone might ask of him. Two local boys figured that they could fool the old man. So they caught a small bird and they headed for his residence. One of the, bird, one of the boys held the little bird in his hand. They went up to the man and they asked, is this bird dead or alive? Without hesitation, the, the old man said, son, if I say the bird is dead, You will open up your hands and the bird will fly away. If I say the bird is alive, you will mash the bird with your hands and kill it. You see, son, in your hand, you hold life and death. I told that story several years ago, but it was very fitting this morning as an introduction to our lesson entitled, Life or Death? your choice see every one of us has a choice we can choose life or death in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 15 God says through Moses see I have set before you today life and good death and evil four verses later in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. He repeats it. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life. Don't ever try to blame God on your mistakes. Don't ever try to blame God for where you are, what you're doing. God tells us, it's your choice. I'm giving you that choice. In Jeremiah 21, in verse 8, he says, Now you shall say to this people, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. God gives every one of us the opportunity, the right to choose the way of life and good. Most people, however, choose the way of death and evil. In Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and Wide is a gate, it's going to come to me in a minute, my, my memory is, is full, my memory bank. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is a gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because straight is a gate or narrow is a gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it there are people today who are living in the pig pens and gutters who don't realize they are where they are because it's the way that they chose they have chosen to be there God says see I have set before you life and good death and evil someone says well it just wasn't meant for me to be successful well, the only luck I ever have is, is bad luck. I'm just a born loser. But we don't read anywhere in the Bible from Genesis 1 1 through Revelation 22 and verse 21 where our choices in life, where our eternal destiny, where our lot, lot in life is the result of the setting of the stars or to fate. It is our choice. And yet, so many people won't do anything without first checking the horoscope. Many are fatalistic and superstitious. They say, well, that's just life. What will be, will be. I don't have any choice. Those are the cards I've been given, and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just stuck in this rut. It's not my fault. If that's how you feel, you need to realize that God gives you a choice. Matthew eleven, twenty eight through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God gives every one of us the choice to make our own decisions. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. There are some people who seem to have everything necessary for success. But because of the choices they make, they become failures one example is a man referred to simply as a a certain rich man in Luke chapter 12 verses 16 through 21 Jesus says the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully and he thought within himself saying what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops he said I will do this I will pull down my barns and build greater and there I will store all my crops and my goods, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. He really thought he had it made. He had so many goods, he was so prosperous, and his material possessions were so great in quantity that the biggest problem he had in life was where in the world am I going to find room to put all of my crops. How would you like to have a problem like that? Where am I going to find a bank that can handle all the money I have? For most of us, our problem is at the other end. Like the lady that got a check back in the mail said, return for insufficient funds. She says, I'm gonna change banks. I don't wanna deal with a bank that has insufficient funds. But this man said, where am I going to put all of my crops? I had such a good yield, I just don't know where I'm going to put everything. Here was what appeared to be a very successful man. He felt like he was successful. Other people probably looked at him and felt like he was successful. Parents would probably say, look at that man. Watch that guy, you ought to be like that. He's an example of industry. He's an example of ambition. He's an example of success because he works hard. And son, you could be like that man. You could be that successful if you really want to be. That man had everything except the one thing he needed most. He left God out of his plans. And that made him a failure. Now, he could have chosen life and good, but he chose death and evil. There's a lot of people like that in our world today. Hard working, making lots of money, seem to be successful. They make the wrong choice. In verse 20 of Luke 12, God said to him, fool, This night your soul will be required of you. And then, whose will those things be which you have provided? Here was a man who had everything going for him. He let it all slip through his fingers. Just like a lot of people today let everything slip through their fingers because all they're concerned about is my standing in the company. How much stock I can have. How much money I can make. Or how can I move up further up the ladder? We see them prosper. We see them be elevated. We want to be like them. Everybody wants to be like them. Sometimes we're envious of them. But they lose everything. Matthew 16 verse 26. Jesus asked for what profit is it to a man if he gained the whole world and loses his own soul what will a man give in exchange for his soul another example of an apparent success who made bad choices was a man named Demas Demas is mentioned three times in the New Testament Paul writes in Colossians 4 and verse 14 Luke the beloved physician and Demas greet you Demas was one of Paul's fellow workers. He was a Christian known by the Apostle Paul. You know, we like, to be, we like to know and be known by good, strong Christians. We like to say things like, I know Phil Sanders, or I know Eddie Clore, or I know Alan Webster, or I knew Paul Johnston or Burton Kaufman. Demas was in great company. With the Apostle Paul in Luke, the beloved physician who wrote the Gospel of Luke as as well as the book of Acts. Secondly, in Philemon verses 23 and 24, Paul writes, Epiphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. Here again is a list of impressive Christians. Demas appears in scripture with these outstanding men. He could have been so successful. Then in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 10, Paul writes, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. The apostle Paul, when he wrote that, was in his second imprisonment in Rome. He was awaiting death. And how sad he must have been to have to write those words. Demas has forsaken me, having loved the present world. Demas is a backslider? Yes. I mean, Demas has forsaken the Lord? How could Demas do that? He was working. He was leading others to Christ. How could he do that? I don't know how he could do that. I don't know how people today can do that. But some do. Some some still forsake the Lord, having loved this present world. Again, Jesus asked, for what profit is it to a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Matthew 16 and verse 26. You'll recognize the name of this third example. His name is Judas. His parents must have been so excited and happy and thankful when he was born. They named their baby Judas. You know what Judas means? Judas means Thanksgiving. They were so excited to have this baby. Then there came a time in his life when the Lord Jesus said, I need to pick out 12 apostles, to be personal representatives of mine. Men who will go with me and listen to me preach, they'll they'll see the miracles that I perform, they'll watch my example, and they'll carry on the work that I'm beginning. Out of all the people living in the world at that time, Jesus chose Judas. He said, I want you, Peter and Andrew and James and John, I want you, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew. And I want you, or Simon, I want you, Judas. And so Judas is one of the 12 most widely known men in all the world. Very famous. Think of all the success Judas could have had. He could have been a man like Peter or Paul or the rest of them. Preaching gospel sermons, leading others to Christ even writing the pages of the New Testament. But you never read of a sermon by Judas Iscariot. You never read of someone being converted by Judas Iscariot. Women today have boys and they'll name them Paul and Peter and Mark and James and John and Timothy. They don't name them Judas. This man had so many opportunities could have been so successful in life, but he came one of the very worst losers of all time. John twelve and verse six. Says he was a thief, and he had the money, and he used to take what was put in it. In Luke twenty two, verses three and four, read Satan entered Judas named surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and betrayed and conferred with the chief priests and captains that he might betray him and Judas did betray him selling him for 30 pieces of silver the cost of a a common slave afterward Judas was so upset that he went out and hanged himself his body hung there until it fell Acts 1 verse 18 says, in falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his entrails gushed out. He had everything in the palm of his hand, like a lot of people that you and I know. They had everything right there. It's available to them. They let it slip out. They dropped the ball. Sadly, there are many others that we could talk about, such as King Agrippa in Acts 26, who seem to have everything going for him. But they choose the way of death and evil rather than the way of life and good. And so just because a person is born with a silver spoon in his mouth doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be successful. But people don't always make the wrong choices. So let's talk about some people who, it seems like, didn't have everything going their way. But they made the right choice. Again, Jeremiah 21 and verse 8. says, Now you shall say to this people, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew 21, we're going to begin talking about people who made the right choice, the way of life. Matthew 21, verses 28 and 29. Jesus says, but what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. If you ever quickly said, no, demonstrating rebellion against authority, the command was, go work. That's all it said, go work. You say, well, I'm not smart. Didn't say anything about being smart. Says, well, I'm not rich. He didn't say you have to be rich. Well, I, I, I'm this color, or that color. I, so many excuses. Those things don't matter. If you can go work in the vineyard, go. But this son said, I will not. Here's out and out rebellion. Disobedience. God never blesses the disobedient. They don't have a slim chance. making it to heaven in 1 Peter 2 and verse 13 Peter writes submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake passages throughout the Bible teach the importance of being in subjection submitting to authority especially God's God expects us to obey authority but this son said I will not but he went off and got to thinking about that and that's good sometimes we do the same thing sometimes our pride gets in the way and, and we think I, I'm not going to do that well that preacher hurt my feelings this morning I don't care what he says I'm not going to do that well I show, I'll show him well I'll die and go, and go to judgment before I do what he says And sadly, some do. But some get off like this young man and they get to thinking about it. And they realize, you know, this isn't right. Verse 29 says, He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. Even when we're not doing right, God gives us the chance. Change. God says, I set before you today life and good, death and evil. We have a choice. Past rebellion and disobedience didn't stand in this man's way, and it shouldn't stand in ours either. God's willing to give us another chance. Our second example is found in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, a passage that David alluded to Wednesday night in his devotional. In Luke 15 verses 11 and 12, Jesus said a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls me. So he divided to them his livelihood. This young man began living the life that he wanted to live. No one was going to tell him what to do. He was in charge now. In verse 13 of Luke 15. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. This younger son seemed doomed to failure his almost certain end was death and evil you know the story a severe famine came and he ended up in the pig pen there are a lot of people in pig pens today people who are going around thinking they're cool they're big stuff they bow down to all that peer pressure around them doing things they shouldn't do people who are headed for certain death and evil. This young man found out his life was not turning out like he thought it would. Verse 16 says, He would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. No one gave him anything. This young man hit rock bottom. Verse 17 says, But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. We don't really know how he looked at the slaves while he was at home with his dad. But now he's saying, even they have it better than I do. People who are fooling around in sin need to wake up like this young son did. He said in verses 18 and 19, I will arise and go to my father. And I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of the hired servants. Now he's willing to just be a servant. He's willing to be in submission to his father. He made the right choice. He chose life and good and so he returned to his loving father and verse 20 says when he was still a great way off his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him that's the way God wants to do each one of us who's been out on our own what a loving reception the son received when he got back home Look at verses 22 through 24. The father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And They began to be merry. Isn't it wonderful to know we can do that. God says, Behold, I set before you today life and good, death and evil. We must, we, we must choose carefully. You know, it takes a lot more strength to say no to sin than to say yes. That's just the way it is. It's it's easy to say yes to sin. To give in to all that peer pressure. It's difficult to say no. It takes a lot more intestinal fortitude. It takes a lot more courage to stand up and say, I don't want to do that. I would do that if I wanted to, but I don't want to do that. That's not right. I'm not going to do it. And It doesn't matter to me what you think. This young man made the right choice. He chose life and good. And he went from starving in a pig pen to enjoying a feast in his father's house. Do you sometimes feel that you've been so bad that there's no way that God would be willing to forgive you and give you a second chance? Before our third example, can you imagine how you would feel if you had just learned that you had crucified God's only Son? Death and evil seem like there's no way out of it. Peter was a man that had a responsibility to tell them exactly how it was. In Acts 2 and verse 36. He said, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Verse 37 says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They felt doomed. They felt like there was no hope for them. But Peter didn't say, I'm sorry, there's nothing you can do. Because God sets before you life and death. It's your choice. So Peter told him in Acts 2 and verse 38, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Those who gladly received his word were baptized. And about 3,000 people went from being condemned for crucifying the Son of God to being members of God's family. Turn please to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, our final example is found in 1 Corinthians 6, beginning with verse 9. Paul says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Here's a list of a bunch of failures A bunch of people who had made terrible choices. God set before each one of them life and good were death and evil. Can you imagine being in a congregation like that? Among their members were fornicators Idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, people you could not trust. But they made the right choice when they realized they were given that choice. Verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 6, Paul says, Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You think you don't have a choice? How sweet it is to see people who have been guilty of these and all sins Who are willing to turn away from that life. To repent of those sins. Determine they're not going to do those things anymore. And they're willing to obey the gospel of Christ. To be baptized into Christ to have their sins washed away. Today. God sets before you and me. Life and good. Or death. Or death and evil. In Revelation 22 in verse 17, We read in the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come, and let him who thirst come, and whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. See, it doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter our past. It doesn't matter what we've done. God sets before each one of us today right now life and good or death and evil that's your choice it's my choice if you're ready to leave a life of sin put on Christ in baptism all things are ready we'd love to help you do that If you've been making bad decisions and not doing what you know God wants you to do, we'd be glad to pray with you and for you. We're ready to do that. Whatever need you have right now, please come while we stand and as we sing.